The following is a paid program on this station. Cairo Radio was paid a fee to air the following program. All information discussed on the following program is for general information purposes only and does not constitute legal advice or create an attorney-client relationship. Prior to acting on any legal matter, you should seek legal advice from a qualified legal attorney who can evaluate your situation and advise you accordingly. Welcome to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Your Partner in Law is brought to you in part by the law firm Gregorick & Associates PLLC. Charting your course to a secure future. Your Partner in Law starts now. Here's your host, Rick Gregorick. Hey, good morning and welcome to... This edition of Your Partner in Law. I'm attorney Rick Gregorick, and I'm really, really happy to be with you this morning, uh, even though it's over the radio, but heck, it is every Sunday morning. So uh, thank you for tuning in, and we certainly appreciate your patronage, and hopefully we'll give you a show today that's going to uh, help maybe give you a little um, bit of relaxation and maybe a little bit of that, because I think one of the things that we need to focus on is making sure that we're we're kind of educated and we're not reacting in an inappropriate way to the COVID-19 virus that's sweeping the world and certainly having a heavy, heavy, heavy <laughs> impact on us here in, uh, in King County. So um, I've asked my buddy uh, Tom Cock of Vestry Financial Advisors to join me today because I really wanted to talk about, you know, your finances, um, your estate planning, your powers of attorney. We need to talk about, you know, the impacts to your family and your businesses. And then we probably want to talk a little bit about your retirement and we'll touch on the secure act a little bit as well. And then what you can do, um, to help, uh, help in your situation. So, um, I think we have Tom available. Is that right? Tom, you there? I'm here. I'm here at Rick and I brought the bear with me today too. So he's right over here as well. The bear. The bear, Don? as in the bear market. Yeah. Oh, godly sakes! You know, a little financial humor. I, I didn't quite. There pick you up, go. I didn't quite pick up on that. Very good, Tom. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Sunday morning. Hey, folks. Uh, for those of you who may not know Tom, um, which is just amazing. If you don't know who Tom is, maybe you're just new to town. But you know, Tom is a you know long-term financial planner, financial journalist, invest, investment manager, business owner of Vestry. Um, Tom's has done it all. Talking serious money, PBS uh, television show for long, long time. I forget what nine years, Tom, something like that. Something like that. And, uh, he just really has, I think a good calming, uh, message for us. And I'm going to be hearing it myself the first time this morning, but, uh, we certainly want to talk about, you know, the volatility in the stock market. Now, Tom, when we talk about volatility in the stock market, are we really talking about volatility caused by a coronavirus? I mean, this is a new this is a new thing. This is really hitting the financial markets in a way that we're not familiar with. Or are we? Yeah, I mean, I think you need you you said the right thing at the outset. You need perspective, right? I mean, so and actually we don't really know specifically what causes volatility. Remembering there's millions of trades every day, so you'd have to interview everybody doing the trading to find out actually why they're buying and selling. But volatility is to be expected in stock markets, right? I mean, this is, you have to sort of, the expression is bear the uncertainty, if you will, to get those higher returns. If you don't like seeing things go up and down, then you put them in safe, you know, uh, safe things like T-bills or uh, bank accounts, right, that don't move much. You've been paid over time, however, to take the additional risk of investing in stocks. And as you just pointed out, sometimes the future looks bright, sometimes it doesn't. And, you know, last week, people couldn't determine day to day what the impact of all this will mean. My guess is that will continue into next week because <laughs> listening to your newscast right before you started here about going to the grocery store and seeing what's left, I that know. causes people a lot of upset. It, it, it seems <laughs> so like one of those... One of those uh, Mad Friday or Mad Monday shopping days, you know, where everybody's out this... Yeah kind of going, you know, a little berserk. And I, I really want to call on, you know, common sense folks. I mean, I, I really don't think this is the apocalypse that we need to be hoarding anything. In fact, I read one article that said, come on, folks, we're supposed to be sharing. And if you're out there hoarding, all you're, you're probably taking away some products that 
people who actually need them aren't going to be able to get them. And some of those people might be hospital staff, you know, for masks and all these types of things. It's just really, uh, it's kind of disturbing. And it, it really underscores, I think, that four-letter word that begins with an F that we all really want to avoid. And, of course, that's fear. I know some of you mm-hmm. thought, I know some thought it was another word, but fear. I, I don't think in my lifetime, Tom, I've experienced anything where there was kind of fear and uncertainty, even after 9-11, even, you know, all the other epidemics that we've had and, and things of that nature. This seems to be really profound and is just really, really scaring people. And I think fear oftentimes then, you know, manifests itself in really making irrational decisions, things that you wouldn't do otherwise. Is that resonating? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And by the way, the market, as you know, sort of, you know, that it, it, it sits on that uncertainty, right? That's what it's all about. When when there's certainty, you can kind of see things not move up or down very much. It's when things could either be better than people expect or worse. And right now, people aren't sure. But this, again, I think for you listening, the question is what to do, right? I mean, in other words, we are in a bear market. The major indexes are down over 20% from their record highs, which wasn't very long ago, as you can remember. No, this is very rapid. Yeah, exactly. The question is, what should you do? And the answer, frankly, is nothing if you're positioned properly. In other words, you should know, especially if you're within five years of retirement, what your stock-to-bond ratio is, how much in the riskier thing. Stocks are riskier because they are equity in companies and or bonds, which are IOUs, right? And if you have the right type of bonds, They've actually done quite well this year. So that has buoyed the, the, the part of your portfolio while the stocks have gone down a lot. But if you know what your, if you know what your goal is, you know, my, as just for sake of argument, 60% in stocks, 40% in bonds. I just looked this up on Friday afternoon. You're down year to date about 16%. If you know that's what you're trying to achieve and you're doing that, then you should do nothing. But if you don't, then you need to find out what your, what, <laughs> what your stock-to-bond ratio is and probably should be to reach your goals and to deal for your ability to take that volatility, Rick. You already, you've heard this many, many times over the years. But So that's the problem I see is many people come in our office and they don't know how they are invested. That's a problem because then this is, as Warren Buffett famously said, you know, when the tide goes out, you see who's not wearing a bathing suit. So <laughs> that's what happens at times like this. Well, Matt, we're really back to fear. I mean, if you yeah. are, if you have done your, I'm going to say your financial and your estate planning, which is really what we talk about every week, if you've done those things and you've met with your financial advisor and you understand your portfolio, you understand the risk that's built into your portfolio. You can't build a, you cannot build a risk-free portfolio, you know, other than maybe mattress money, but then you're losing all kinds of other things as well. But isn't, you know... The folks out there, since, you know, I guess we know that the majority of people still do not engage in planning, whether it's financial planning or estate planning. A few more go to their financial advisor than go to their attorney. But, you know, still, it's still a minority of folks. And I think, you know, then when we get into these situations and people don't really have a good handle on what they have and how what they have is supposed to behave, in other words, like you said, the stock market is inherently volatile. It's it's by you know it's the way it works. Things go up, things go down, and yet if you don't understand that, and depending on your mix of investments, that's really what it boils down to: is what mix do you have to provide you, you know, your volatility index? And you talk a lot about volatility when you give your presentations and that, and that really is a key indicator on people's success, is it not? It indeed it is. I mean, let's just give you a couple of examples. So 2008, 2009, and if you're over the age of, say, 30, you probably remember that. That In that period where the end looked like it was near, stocks declined a little over 50%. So that's a pretty steep decline for most people to take. Again, that's why most of us over 40 or 50 should hold bonds. And when you hold those, the right ones, again, don't not high-yield bonds or things trying to make a lot of interest, government bonds, that has reduced the volatility. Everybody who invests $1 needs to know how much volatility they can accept uh, financially and 
emotionally. This is this is what we're seeing right now, right? People running to grocery stores or selling out Costco or this is all very emotional. I I don't know that really we're going to run out of toilet paper next week or that they're going to lock you up in your home so you won't be able to go buy something. So and this is what gets people in trouble. By the way, 48 billion dollars have sold out of stock mutual funds here in the last month. So people are selling after the market goes down. Does that sound like a good strategy? It is most certainly not. Well, Tom, uh, this frankly, is something. Here, yeah. Yep. You and I have talked about this forever, and it's one of the interesting things in the financial market. It seems to be the only market that behaves this way, where you just said people seem to, you know, sell when things are low and buy when they're high. And I always come back and I ask people, I said, well, you know, during the last recession that we had, you know, real estate was heavily, heavily impacted. And I don't remember people running out to sell their houses. You know, those who could, you know, stay in place, ride out the recession. I mean, look what happened to their real estate values if they held. You know, obviously many lost their homes through foreclosure, but that was, you know, a foregone conclusion when people lost their jobs. But people didn't voluntarily leave their homes or rush to sell them. And yet they no, take, they didn't. They right. take and their stocks. Yeah, they they take their stocks, and all of a sudden we get a downturn, and people, I think, misunderstand that it's not that much different than your house. They're commodity, Part of the, so to speak. This is, and by the way, Rick, you raise it absolutely spot on. Hey, you hear that music? You know what that means. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna, we'll get back to we, I want to talk more about real estate in a minute because yes, I think you'll find this fascinating. This, you've raised a great topic. Hey, folks, hang on. Hey, if you have a question for Tom and I and like to call in this morning, 888-973-5476, 888-973-5476. Get you right on air this morning. Take care. We'll be right back. Sometimes big events in your life all of a sudden cause you to wake up and realize you should start planning for the future. I lost my dad a little over a year ago to cancer, and I remember thinking to myself, I should probably have a will or trust. So I called Rick Gregorick. Now, the reason I called Rick Gregorick is because I've been listening to him on Cairo Radio on Sunday mornings, and the guy is an absolute expert. I sat down with him. I explained my situation. He walked me through all the different variables, whether it was a trust or charitable trust, real estate, taxes. It was so complicated. I was so glad I had Rick right there to walk me through the whole process. So be proactive. Take control of your life right now. Go meet with Rick Gregorick and schedule a compliment consultation at yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can also listen to Rick's show like I do, Your Partner in Law, every Sunday morning at 9 on Cairo and KTTH. Schedule a meeting with my estate planner, Rick Gregorick, at yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Brian Ott from 525 Advisors and host of Long-Term Care Radio. And Brian, we have another great question from a listener. Do I have to move into a nursing home to use my long-term care insurance? You know, Dory, actually most people start their long-term care journey in their home, and today's plans will pay for that care in your home. The idea of having a long-term care insurance plan is to be able to receive the care you need in the location of your choosing. Plans today are comprehensive, which means not only do they pay for care at home, they'll also pay for care in an assisted living facility, an adult day care, even a nursing home. By having a plan, you decide where you get to receive care. If you have a question for me, send it to me at 525longtermcare.com. You can also learn about new programs that pay you back if you never use your plan, and you can sign up for one of my free upcoming classes. Dude, my wife and I did. Sign up for one of Brian's upcoming classes. Classes are free, and you'll even get a copy of Brian's book, which has a ton of great info. Seating's limited, so sign up today at 525longtermcare.com. The SECURE Act became law January 1st, and if you have almost any kind of retirement plan or profit-sharing plan, you and your beneficiaries will be impacted. John Curley here, now for some good news. I'm here with my attorney, Rick Gregorick, and Rick, you're going to be teaching a class, a free class, March 21st, to give people the facts they need. John, this new law affects everyone. The Safe Harbor Conduit Trusts are a disaster. There's what we call a spousal rollover trap. The elimination of the IRA stretch-out will have a major impact on retirement planning and much higher taxes for your beneficiaries. I'll show people how to avoid the critical errors in planning due to the brand new SECURE Act. At the class, we'll also be covering all of your estate and elder law planning to help you protect yourself, your family, your business, and your hard-earned assets. Register now for Rick's free class on March 21st. Go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. All four classes this year have filled up fast, so register right now. Go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. Yourpartnerinlaw.com. 
Rick Gregory on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Okay. Hey, I'm Rick Gregory and I am your partner-in-law, and it's brought to you by the law firm of Gregory & Associates. Uh, and during this, um, you know, I'm just going to call it crisis that we're going through right now. I just want everyone to know that uh, presently Gregory & Associates is open for business, and I think that's important to know. We're getting a lot of calls from our clients that are concerned, making sure that your medical documents are up to date, your powers of attorney, health care directives, um, this is why you have an estate plan sometimes, folks, because we can't, you know, we can't plan for everything. And this is certainly one of those uncertainties that we plan on that's going to enter our lives. And it doesn't seem to be very discriminant. So um, obviously, we're all impacted by this. And today I've got uh, Tom Cock, Principal and Managing Director of Vestry Financial, co-host with uh, Don McDonald of Talking Real Money, a really, really great show over on another station. Many of you have heard that, of course. Tom's been a speaker at many events uh, that I've participated in, and uh, he's just a wealth of knowledge. And right before break, we were kind of comparing and contrasting people's behavior when it comes to real estate versus the stock market. And we were saying, you know, my hypothesis was, well, when when the market crashed in the last recession and our real estate all plummeted, other than those people who were forced out of their homes because they lost their jobs and through foreclosure, we didn't see people running out to sell their houses saying, oh, my God, my house went down in value. I better sell it. No, you you kept it. And the people who kept their homes and came out of that recession, well, they made a lot of money. Um, But in the stock market. We seem to have the opposite behavior where, you know, the market goes down and we go into these um, selling panics. Tom, what really drives us in the market? We see it over and over again, and yet it defies logic and common sense. Well, you know, I, I thank you for raising this because it's something that I've mentioned for a long time. Imagine, for example, you get up in the morning and on the news they come on and they say, Rick, your house is worth $800,000. And then 10 minutes later they say, Rick, your house is worth $750,000. And then they say at 9 o'clock, Rick, your house is worth $690,000. And so part of the panic of stock markets is this constant barrage of information always at you and always the people telling you, here's why it's happening and here's what's going to happen next, right? So and people have a tendency to want to go check their accounts, see what's happening, how much have I lost, et cetera. I would strongly suggest you don't do that if, again, as you as you just alluded to, you have a plan that says, here's how I'm invested and here's why I'm invested this way. I personally enter my balances twice a year. Now, obviously, we manage half a billion dollars of other people's money, so we're watching that every day. But we're not trading it every day. We're not responding to what's going on in the market. We're not responding to the latest crisis or the presidential election or whatever it is because the people that do that end up with a lot less money than those who build the right asset allocation and then leave it, ride it out through 2008, ride it out through 2001, ride it out through 2020. Those are the people that end up with far more money. So, again, I would urge you not to pay close attention to it, no more than you would if they listed your house every 10 minutes and told you how much that was worth. Yeah, Tom, this data overload... I think is permeating society in so many ways, and we we know there's a direct impact on the you know the proliferation of just the bombardment of financial information, virtually real time. What's happening in the stock market? Every little tick, and it's you know you look at those little charts, and people forget that that's billions of dollars trading up to trillions of dollars trading, and it's very very complex, and it seems to follow somewhat of a pack mentality, that you know somebody does something and then everybody jumps on board. And it's it's really disturbing, but I've just always seen such a stark contrast to how people behave over real estate, you know, versus stocks. It, you know, well, they're both investments, and they both have their pluses and minuses, and they both go up and they both go down, and they both have all their inherent risk, and yet we see such a stark behavioral difference. Is that really just, you know, that, you know, we've read all kinds of things over the years and even more and more recently about financial illiteracy, that, you know, the... American population is not getting a good base education on exactly what this stock market and this bond market are and how they behave and you know how to interact with them. Would you concur with that? Well, I would, but I'd also say that the industry has fed that by the following. Number one, people believe investing in stocks is a zero-sum game. That is, 
somebody wins, somebody loses. It's not. Number two, people believe that investing in stocks is like going to the casino. You know, I might hit it big, but I might lose everything. That is not true either. By the way, if you invest in an index mutual fund, the odds are on your side over the long haul. You will make money. You have made money. Let me correct that. And number three, that people believe because of the way they've been taught to invest that you go pick the right companies. I'll give you a great example. There's one right here in Seattle. Well, it's actually based in Chicago now, but does most of its work in the Seattle area. It's called Boeing. At the beginning of the year, Boeing's stock value was $333. As of the close of business, I believe Friday, I think I have it right, it was $165 a share. So it's dropped by about half this year. So you can see why people think, oh, my God, this is really horrible. And, yes, owning individual companies can do that. That is exactly why you do not. You own thousands of companies. Over time, all of those companies have Well, some have come, some have gone, but you own basically kind of the economy, which has an upward motion to it through whatever crisis comes along, whether it's a world war, a depression, a virus, whatever thing comes along that is going to bat down or create this volatility, and you need to let all that go. And by the way, if I could mention very quickly, Rick, you mentioned your classes, which are great, and the SECURE Act is very important. We are going to do an online special class a week from, or pardon me, this coming Friday, the 20th, at noon, and you can go to TalkingRealMoney.com to sign up for it. <clears throat> We're not doing it in person due to concerns about the virus, of course, but it is about retirement investing in turbulent times, trying to help you get through this recent volatility and know that you have a plan for your retirement. Okay, folks, uh, you just heard it, so hang in there. We're going to be back after this quick break, and uh, we'll see what uh, the political market might do to your investment portfolio. So hang on, folks. We'll be right back. The SECURE Act became law January 1st, and if you have almost any kind of retirement plan or profit-sharing plan, you and your beneficiaries will be impacted. John Curley here, now for some good news. I'm here with my attorney, Rick Gregorick, and Rick, you're going to be teaching a class, a free class, March 21st, to give people the facts they need. John, this new law affects everyone. The Safe Harbor Conduit Trusts are a disaster. There's what we call a spousal rollover trap. The elimination of the IRA stretch out will have a major impact on retirement planning and much higher taxes for your beneficiaries. I'll show people how to avoid the critical errors in planning due to the brand new Secure Act. At the class, we'll also be covering all of your estate and elder law planning to help you protect yourself, your family, your business, and your hard-earned assets. Register now for Rick's free class on March 21st. Go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. All four classes this year have filled up fast, so register right now. Go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. Yourpartnerinlaw.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Brian Ott from 525 Advisors and host of Long-Term Care Radio. And Brian, we have another great question from a listener. Do I have to move into a nursing home to use my long-term care insurance? You know, Dory, actually most people start their long-term care journey in their home, and today's plans will pay for that care in your home. The idea of having a long-term care insurance plan is to be able to receive the care you need in the location of your choosing. Plans today are comprehensive, which means not only do they pay for care at home, they'll also pay for care in an assisted living facility, an adult day care, even a nursing home. By having a plan, you decide where you get to receive care. If you have a question for me, send it to me at 525longtermcare.com. You can also learn about new programs that pay you back if you never use your plan, and you can sign up for one of my free upcoming classes. Do what my wife and I did. Sign up for one of Brian's upcoming classes. Classes are free, and you'll even get a copy of Brian's book, which has a ton of great info. Seating's limited, so sign up today at 525longtermcare.com. We return to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH with your host, Rick Gregorick. All righty, folks. Uh, welcome back to Your Partner in Law. I know you never left, that you're just glued to that uh, radio right now, so we do appreciate that, all you folks on uh, Cairo and KTTH. Um, I'm talking with uh, Tom Cock, Principal and Managing Director of uh, Vestry Financial, uh, host of Talking Real Money on another popular radio station up here you're all aware of. And um, we really are trying to talk to folks about calm and reasoned responses to the um, COVID-19 uh, virus and that. And we've talked a lot about, you know, market volatility and the behavior of markets. And um, we really just 
want to you know make sure that you folks are being smart about this. Uh, Tom, you know we're looking at business impacts uh, in our region. Um, you know, I, I, coming in this morning, just to driving into the radio station. I mean, it's like, boy, there, there's just no one on the road. So we know how to create. You know, we know how to fix traffic congestion already. So that's not a good outcome. But you know, it you know, closed businesses, restaurants closing. You know, the hoarding going on at the grocery stores. One of my um, longtime clients happens to be a fairly senior fellow over at Costco, and he was just saying on you know people coming in there that it's just been. You know, where they used to take a couple carts, now it's, the, you know, the hand trucks and, uh, you know, why anybody needs uh, four of those big bags of toilet paper from Costco and, and you don't own a business is what quite beyond me. But um, it is really interesting. So, Tom, when we're looking at all of these types of things and then on top of everything else that we've got going on with the coronavirus and the market volatility, one of the other big impacts on behavior and market volatility is this um, this thing we got going on right now in an election year? Holy cow! I mean, you know, we've been around a while, Tom, uh, and you know the vitriol within the political environment. How do you see that impacting the financial markets? And then maybe a comment on, you know, what different things from the financial market would a change in the presidency, a change in party, or a Bernie versus a Biden? How, how do you talk to folks about all these things going on in their portfolio? Yeah, no, that's a great question. The presidential election, which apparently has been overshadowed, there is a debate tonight, from what I'm told. So, uh, for those of you who want to tune in and, and see that, what they move back to Washington D.C. for reasons of travel. Yeah, it, the presidential. It turns out that, and you know this, that, and most people kind of do too. You know, the the party in power, Republican or Democrat, whichever one you support. There really isn't that much difference in returns of stocks in those periods. In fact, the Democratic Party has greater returns over the long haul than the Republicans. And I think the most recent example is absolutely telling, because you can all remember in 2016 when, you know, the odds were that Hillary Clinton was going to be the next president. Then it switched very quickly, as you may know, when the results came in from the upper Midwest. I seem to remember something about this, yeah. Yeah, when Donald Trump was going to be elected. (laughs) The market went straight. The futures on the market went straight down. I remember watching, thinking, oh, my goodness, this is going to be a horrible day tomorrow. I'm going to be all over the radio, trying to help people, et cetera, et cetera. And then overnight, strangely, they turned up because people started thinking about, wait a minute now. What is Donald Trump going? He's a business guy. Isn't he going to be friendly to business, et cetera, et cetera? So the short answer is people really don't know, and we really don't know. And the reality, again, around politics and markets is – it's a rearrangement of the deck chairs in some ways because you're kind of moving things around. But really, at the end of the day, business continues to operate. Yeah, businesses have made more the last few years because of recent tax changes. But in the long haul, I would not be betting my stock portfolio on which party will be in power. That's how I would put it. You know, and I'm I'm glad you said that because, I mean, you know, depending on which side you're on, I mean, there are the, you know, everybody's got – you know, kind of a different view. And of course, here in the Seattle market, you know, it tends to favor one side versus the other. We're not very close to the middle. And, you know, we're seeing, you know, dramatic uh, differences, I'll say, between, um, well, even within the Democratic ranks, between Biden and um, Sanders, that, you know, their particular tax platforms and everything are, you know, really quite different and, you know, opposing each other, even within the party. Um, does that intra-party thing cause even more angst in that and more volatility in the market? Well, I think it was, but I think now it appears that that's resolved with the very high likelihood that Mr. Biden will be the nominee of the Democratic Party. Mr. Biden is much more of a, obviously a centrist than Sanders is, as all candidates kind of at the end of the day who want to be president have to be, right? I mean, you got to kind of move to the middle. You need those independents. You need people that aren't necessarily members of your party to vote for you to get elected. So, again, I would be really putting this way down the list of how important it is for your portfolio, which brings me to a very good point, Rick. Your portfolio, yours, Rick, or anybody listening, is about you. It's not about presidential elections. It's not about viruses. It's not about the economy. All that stuff is the the tapestry. It's there. It comes by. Your portfolio is designed to give you the returns that you need, you need, 
within the ability you have to take the volatility. And you, if you, if you felt panicked last week and you had to sell everything, then you under, you found out that you can't be in stocks or, or that much in stocks. And how soon do you need the money? If you need the money within three to five years, I would say I wouldn't put the money in stocks because there have been periods of time where, where you've almost been underwater in that period of time. So that's what you should be considering, not what's happening in the media, not what's happening in the presidential elections or even the economy, for that matter. Hey, thanks, Tom. We're going to be right back after this quick break, and um, maybe we'll talk just a little secure act when we get back to say, you know, gee, there's something else to think about now. So we'll be right back, folks. Hang in there. Retirement. What does it mean to you? Has it changed as a result of today's economy? Are you worried about your future? Could there be stormy seas ahead? Hi, this is Rick Gregrick, founder of Gregrick & Associates. We're a dedicated team of legal and tax professionals that can help you navigate your course for a secure future. Whether you're just thinking about your retirement or you're well into your retirement years, whether you're single, married, or involved in a domestic partnership, we can help you create your necessary legal and tax planning. I am so glad I found one firm that can help me with all my legal and tax needs. Call today for your free consultation. 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. You can also sign up for a Partner in Law event. Just go to yourpartnerinlaw.com and find the elder law or estate planning course that's best for you. You can register for both events by going to yourpartnerinlaw.com. Yourpartnerinlaw.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Brian Auth from 525 Advisors and host of Long-Term Care Radio. And Brian, we have another great question from a listener. Do I have to move into a nursing home to use my long-term care insurance? You know, Dory, actually most people start their long-term care journey in their home, and today's plans will pay for that care in your home. The idea of having a long-term care insurance plan is to be able to receive the care you need in the location of your choosing. Plans today are comprehensive, which means not only do they pay for care at home, they'll also pay for care in an assisted living facility, an adult day care, even a nursing home. By having a plan, you decide where you get to receive care. If you have a question for me, send it to me at 525longtermcare.com. You can also learn about new programs that pay you back if you never use your plan, and you can sign up for one of my free upcoming classes. Dude, my wife and I did. Sign up for one of Brian's upcoming classes. Classes are free, and you'll even get a copy of Brian's book, which has a ton of great info. Seating's limited, so sign up today at 525longtermcare.com. The SECURE Act became law January 1st, and if you have almost any kind of retirement plan or profit-sharing plan, you and your beneficiaries will be impacted. John Curley here, now for some good news. I'm here with my attorney, Rick Gregorick, and Rick, you're going to be teaching a class, a free class, March 21st, to give people the facts they need. John, this new law affects everyone. The Safe Harbor Conduit Trusts are a disaster. There's what we call a spousal rollover trap. The elimination of the IRA stretch-out will have a major impact on retirement planning and much higher taxes for your beneficiaries. I'll show people how to avoid the critical errors in planning due to the brand-new SECURE Act. At the class, we'll also be covering all of your estate and elder law planning to help you protect yourself, your family, your business, and your hard-earned assets. Register now for Rick's free class on March 21st. Go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. All four classes this year have filled up fast, so register right now. Go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. Yourpartnerinlaw.com. Now back to Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. All righty, that's got your juices flowing just a little bit. Hey, this is Rick Gregorick, attorney at Gregorick and Associates and uh, host of Your Partner in Law right here on Cairo and KTTH. Um, we've got, you know, we've done a lot of our classes this year and boy, they've all been sellouts and, uh, all of a sudden we got this, uh, COVID-19 thing going on. Uh, we do have an event scheduled for next Saturday. Um, we're going to go ahead and uh, be contacting all of the folks who have signed up for that. And there's quite a few of you, the events almost sold out and we're going to, um, gonna take a poll maybe and figure out, you know, how we're going to do this. Uh, maybe it's just going to be individual consultations. Maybe it'll be a webinar, uh, we're going to have to see, but we're all having to adapt to this. I, uh, Tom uh, Cock, my guest today, was talking about over there at Vestry. They're going to be doing the same thing and holding some webinars and that. So um, 
lot of us are going to have to be teaming up and doing these things just a little bit different than we're used to so that we can have our separation from each other that we um, apparently so desperately need right now, which is a very interesting thing to be told, you know, avoid human contact and everything. And that's just that's just not human. So uh, we do have to get out of our comfort zone a little bit. Um, my guest today is Tom Cock, uh, Principal Managing Director of Vestry. I think you all know Tom and Don McDonald. So um, if you don't, um, you need to learn about them. Go to vestry.com. You'll learn all about them. And um, we've talked a little bit about, you know, the, the COVID-19, uh, the political backdrop, and the market volatility that's driving us all crazy. But should it? And, you know, listening to Tom, he's telling us, you know, be calm. And uh, this is kind of the way markets happen. This is a new trigger, but triggers are going to change all the time. And talking about things that change all the time and have big impacts on us, you know, we've been talking all year now since the very first uh, first of the year about the SECURE Act. Now, that's the act now that's going to impact exactly how you're going to be doing your planning when it comes to your IRAs, 401ks, things of that nature. Um, there's been a, a significant change in the, that law. This is a tax increase, so the, the act was passed to generate revenue, as the government calls it. And so, um, Tom, I wanted to you know, kind of get you and I have talked about this several times. There's the good, the bad, and the ugly. But looking at the SECURE Act, let's talk about first, Todd, what do you think the top two or three positive aspects are? Wow, that's a t- <laughs> Well, the, obviously, the, the the biggest positive for people that have been savers and don't want to have to take money out of their pre-tax retirement savings, traditional IRAs, 401ks, is you now don't have to do that until age 72. So that's good because you're pushing back by a year and a half the date of which you have to start drawing the money out and paying tax on it. Um, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the getting rid of the stretch. I mean, so you mentioned this earlier that now, basically, unless it's a spousal rollover, you have to take them. If you, if you leave money for your kids, the money has to come out in 10 years. I do think the one other thing that is an advantage for people is this is a good opportunity, and you've talked a lot about this, Rick, and, and bless you for doing those classes because I think you've helped a lot of people, is it may be time to look at uh, more Roth conversions, for example, in years where you don't have a lot of income, because that allows you to move money from, as I said, the pre-tax retirement savings to Roth. And then if you were to leave that to somebody, obviously there's no taxation on that. You know, there's other than that, I'm going to let you come up with the other well, great advantages. <laughs> thank you so offers. much. Well, you know, one of the, you know, uh, there's a couple things I think are positive in there that, you know, people can contribute to their IRAs post age 70 now. So there's no cap on the True. age for that. So people who are working and have earned income would be able to contribute further. And then there was one, you know, um, there was primarily probably for younger folks, but it may have an impact with seniors, and that was allowing part-time workers with an average of 500 hours uh, per year over three years. If you've done that, then you would be able to uh, participate in a retirement plan. Um, used to be 1,000 hours. So they cut that in half. Um, now, Tom, there's one area there on the SECURE Act that I know that you have a little heartburn over, and uh, that would be the use of annuities within your 401k program. Now, they've always been allowed, but uh, people called fiduciaries have uh, really not been able to sign off on these annuities. And can you speak a little bit to why an annuity would not be something a fiduciary would want to be responsible for inside a 401k plan? Yeah. It's, by the way, if, if you're a teacher or if you work in um, other public service areas, nurses, you may be in one because they're way oversold in 403Bs, for example. So an annuity is, is a, 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 an investment, if you will, a place you put an insurance product where money goes in and then it is uh, designed to set aside for you and pay you out later, right? You can annuitize anything. I mean, but this the idea here is the money goes in and you have sort of a guarantee, if you will. And the reason that we don't favor them is, number one, I'm not sure why anyone at the age of 30 needs to buy an annuity to create income at age 60. You can simply save and and set the money aside. Now, you may 
annuitize that at age 65 so that you get a regular payment, but I don't know why you do that at 30, which brings me to number two. Generally, the annuity products are just far more expensive ways to save than just using low-cost index funds. And most plans now, by the way, either have target date funds or have index mutual funds in them. I look at a lot of 401ks and more and more, obviously, in the last decade, for reasons you just mentioned, as fiduciaries are offering those instead of just actively managed, more expensive uh, funds. So you can set the money aside. And if you really felt like, hey, I'm 65 and I just want to create my own pension, you could put it in an annuity. You could buy an immediate annuity, which would be pretty inexpensive. We don't favor the complex products, variable annuities, equity index annuities. Yep. These products tend Tom, to be let's, uh, cost- let's hold that over for a quick uh, couple-minute yep. break, another crass commercial break. They like to get in here on the uh, radio station. So we're going to pick back up in our last segment, and we're going to wrap up on the SECURE Act and the actions you should be taking. We'll be right back. My dad would always say the three worst words in the English language were shoulda, coulda, and woulda. So many people with retirement right around the corner or in the middle of it have the shoulda, coulda, wouldas facing them. They're not proactive. You didn't take care of the will. You didn't take care of the trust. They didn't do what was needed to do when it came to real estate and taxes. So right now, let's avoid the shoulda, coulda, wouldas and call Rick Gregorick. Rick Gregorick is my estate planner. I sat down with Rick, explained my situation. He walked me through all the different variables, whether it was a trust or a charitable trust, real estate or taxes. It is so complicated. You've got to rely on an expert like Rick, who is so kind and knowledgeable about all of it. So be proactive. Take control of your life now. You can schedule a complimentary consultation at yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can also listen to Rick's show, Your Partner in Law, every Sunday morning at 9 on Cairo and KTTH. Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregrick, my estate planner, yourpartnerinlaw.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Brian Ott from 525 Advisors and host of Long-Term Care Radio. And Brian, we have another great question from a listener. Do I have to move into a nursing home to use my long-term care insurance? You know, Dory, actually most people start their long-term care journey in their home, and today's plans will pay for that care in your home. The idea of having a long-term care insurance plan is to be able to receive the care you need in the location of your choosing. Plans today are comprehensive, which means not only do they pay for care at home, they'll also pay for care in an assisted living facility, an adult day care, even a nursing home. By having a plan, you decide where you get to receive care. If you have a question for me, send it to me at 525longtermcare.com. You can also learn about new programs that pay you back if you never use your plan, and you can sign up for one of my free upcoming classes. Dude, my wife and I did. Sign up for one of Brian's upcoming classes. Classes are free, and you'll even get a copy of Brian's book, which has a ton of great info. Seating's limited, so sign up today at 525longtermcare.com. The SECURE Act became law January 1st, and if you have almost any kind of retirement plan or profit-sharing plan, you and your beneficiaries will be impacted. John Curley here, now for some good news. I'm here with my attorney, Rick Gregorick, and Rick, you're going to be teaching a class, a free class, March 21st, to give people the facts they need. John, this new law affects everyone. The Safe Harbor Conduit Trusts are a disaster. There's what we call a spousal rollover trap. The elimination of the IRA stretch-out will have a major impact on retirement planning and much higher taxes for your beneficiaries. I'll show people how to avoid the critical errors in planning due to the brand-new SECURE Act. At the class, we'll also be covering all of your estate and elder law planning to help you protect yourself, your family, your business, and your hard-earned assets. Register now for Rick's free class on March 21st. Go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. All four classes this year have filled up fast, so register right now. Go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. Yourpartnerinlaw.com. We return to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH with your host, Rick Gregorick. All righty, folks, we're back in the waning minutes of the hour. We've got our special guest, Tom Cock. We're going to get right back to him in a second. I just wanted to talk about our workshops that are coming up our classes we've got our next one coming up next saturday the 21st uh we scheduled down in renton we will be contacting all of you who have signed up and all of you who want to go ahead and sign up today if you're concerned over you know coming out into public place uh, go ahead and sign up anyhow and we're going to be going ahead and contacting each of you for um probably a 
little special promotion for your bravery in signing up, but we will probably be canceling the live event and uh, doing the event in another venue so we can uh, be socially distanced from each other, So, which is very challenging in the legal world. So, Tom, when we were just kind of wrapping up, we were talking um, about the annuities within the retirement plans that the new SECURE Act is going to allow. And I thought you made a good point on the age, because annuities, what you get from an annuity is somewhat predicated on your age. And when you're very young, the the numbers aren't very good as far as the returns. And yet, you know, you, you know if you compare to a 30 or 40 year old getting annuity to a 70 or year older, older, the numbers work out quite different. So kind of what I heard you say is during your accumulation time of growing your portfolio, you you know, annuities probably are a bad idea, but there may possibly be some use, you know, when you're older in life, perhaps. Is that what I'm hearing? I I concur. Yeah, no, I concur. By the way, um, but I want to make sure you buy the right type. I would not, as I, as I mentioned a moment ago, buy any annuity that has um, you know, stock or bond mutual funds as an underlying asset of, of them. In other words, variable annuities, equity index annuities, they come under hundreds of different names because every time the public finds out that that's a bad product, they simply repackage it and resell it. Um, but let's just talk. So an immediate annuity, you give your money to an insurance company. They pay you back some part of that every uh, month with a, a, some part of interest. I don't think that's a bad product for some people who, again, kind of want to pension-like payout, and it works in two ways. It gives you the feel of sort of a guarantee, and it also can be keep you on a budget, right? Because if you just have access to all of your money, sometimes people have a tendency to spend more than they should. So I'm not opposed to that. Um, I'm really opposed to the complex, high-expense, illiquid annuity products that are hugely sold. Last year was a record year, by the way, for equity index annuities. My sense is sales will be up again dramatically because the sales pitch is, you get stock market returns with none of the risk. Yeah, this is very frightening. It's very frightening when you know just a little bit about these little devils. And, uh, of course, I used to be insurance licensed and and securities licensed as well in my past. Yep. And, you know, when you study these things, I'll tell you nothing – you know, and I, you know, I read contracts pretty well, and I have a kind of a good understanding of the legal aspects of it. And when I read annuity contracts, especially for some of these new fang-dangled ones that are coming out, they make my head spin. I mean, I have a master's degree in, <laughs> in finance and business, and I have a rough time looking at some of these things. And, you know, they're, like you said, some of them are invested in the stock market, and that annuity is going to share the same risk that you probably would have um, shared in it. And like you said, the cost. Can you give people just a quick idea when you say expensive, you know, comparing buying an annuity, you know, what, what, how much money are you going to spend and what's the impact of that versus, you know, investing in an index fund? Well, yeah, that's a great comparison. So if you went and got a variable annuity, the industry average is somewhere between two and a half and three percent a year. You're paying somebody for the pleasure of holding your money and investing it. If you went and bought an index mutual fund, for example, from Vanguard, you can buy that for one-tenth of 1%. You can do the math there pretty quickly and see what difference that makes over time. It is huge. And so it, and again, I want to make sure people understand what they think they're getting, because what most of the time people buy these products because they think they're getting something for nothing. And that really doesn't exist. You know that if you really think it through, there isn't a product, there isn't a a cure for all the your financial ills that is going to be, you know, there's a trade-off. You're giving them your money, and they're paying you back, but there's a cost to all of that. So it's not a product, I think, for most people, and I really do hate the, the complicated ones, which, by the way, even people in the industry, as you just mentioned, Rick, have sold them. They don't understand. It, it's really and that tough. that troubles me deeply. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so many of these risks and, you know, you get down into the fine print, you know, and most of them have a floor and a ceiling and all that. But, you know, to get to that higher part of the annuity, you look at as the market rises, it seems additional factors kick into these such that it, you know, keeps that payment artificially low coming back to the uh, uh, to the beneficiary. And so it's just really, you know, something that, yes, there may be some benefits to it. You know, I could see someone that has a reasonably good-sized portfolio. They annuitize a small amount of it after they're in retirement years, like you said, to give them that budgeted number, to give them that certainty. 
Um, but they, you know, I see too often times as do you, where people go in and they have more modest estates and they put a hundred percent of their um, retirement plan into one of these annuities, leaving themselves with no cash for unexpected events. Yeah, I mean that's liquidity, that's exactly it. Which is in retirement what most people need because you don't have the time to have your portfolio recover. You don't have the time to go back to work generally, right? And to make that money up or to and to get it out, as you just said, is expensive. There's a surrender charge on these products, so it, it's just not something I think people need. Again, my expectation is there will be selling like hotcakes in the months ahead because people are going to hear. My money's guaranteed, and I'm getting some portion of the stock market return. Well, and the fact that the government and the fact that the government made it a requirement that people get annuity information from their plan administrator every single solitary year. I don't know the numbers, Tom, but I read that the insurance industry was quite the backer of the bill, and I think they that, spent they spent tens of millions of dollars lobbying for all this stuff because it makes them a lot of money. Well, and you mentioned earlier the teachers in their um, 403B plans and that and other state uh, employees that have those types of plans. Gee, for the last 30 years, they've been annuitizing them. My mother, California teacher many years ago, she did this. And only about 15 years after she did it and she woke up one day and said, oh, my God, what did I do? She was right. mortified because she looked at what she could have had had it stayed in the market versus what she had in the annuity, and it was about a tenfold difference. And uh, she, you know, she said, oh, my God, what did I do? Everyone at her work was supporting the insurance companies coming in and giving the annuity pitches, and it was like, it was kind of like sheep being, you know, led to slaughter. Yeah, and I would, I own insurance, Rick, as you know. But hey, I Tom, we got a hard out. My so, money for investment. Yeah, hard out. Thanks so, for having me on. Thank you so much for uh, coming on again in this uh, turbulent times. Thanks, Tom. We'll talk to you, you later. And folks, we'll be back next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick. Event Info newsletters and Your Partner in Law podcast can all be found at yourpartnerinlaw.com. To schedule an appointment with Rick Gregorick, call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. For more information on the show or to sign up for a free partner-in-law event, visit yourpartnerinlaw.com. Tune in next Sunday morning at 9 to Your Partner-in-Law with your host, Rick Gregorick. Simulcast on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH.